Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Alain Wynn. As CEO of Green Thumb Industries, Alain oversees the leading distributor of supplies for cannabis growers, processors, and retailers. Whether it is lights, nutrients, retail packaging, or traceability software, Green Thumb Industries stocks it and delivers it to cannabis businesses as they need it. Welcome, Alain. Thanks, Shango. Thanks for having me on. So, Alain, your business model is new to cannabis, even though it's been used in other industries for ages. Would you explain the service you offer for the audience and, and, and how exactly it works? Sure. I think you did a better job than I will, but uh, I'll, I'll give it a crack. Um, so we're a centralized business-to-business distributor for the cannabis industry. And like you mentioned, this is a model that's literally in every other industry, and the cannabis industry is no different. In order for an industry to operate, it needs supporting infrastructure, and that's primarily through distribution and supply chain management. Before cannabis was a legal commercial industry, it was supported by a retail channel because it was operating at the uh, medical or black market level. So your medical or black market grower would go to their retail hydro store and purchase their supplies and equipment at retail prices for their operation. But now that this is a legal cannabis business or a legal commercial business, it needs an infrastructure, a commercial infrastructure to support it. And I use this example all the time. Uh, Chevrolet, GM, Boeing, they don't buy their nuts and bolts for their cars and airplanes from Home Depot or Lowe's. They purchase them from a commercial supplier and distributors at wholesale pricing. It's just ludicrous to think that they would pay retail prices and have to purchase through retail model and the cannabis businesses uh, shouldn't either. You know, I was just thinking about the old days when people would go to the hydro store and, you know, maybe park down the street because supposedly the sheriff was recording license plates and everybody was all hush-hush, but no, no, I'm using this for my tomato plants. This is such 180 degrees from that now that not only, you know, you've got a catalog of everything somebody could need and and then you deliver it to them. That's That's a big evolution of the industry. So do you find that you also provide a benefit to your customers? customers because you're holding their inventory. I'm assuming that that you do it kind of like a grocery store would where you are shipping it to them on a regular basis so they're only receiving the product as they need it so that they can have a smaller footprint of their shop or business themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the growers primarily in Washington State, our our largest customers are the growers, the cultivators. And obviously, they want to maximize every square foot of their facility to be contributed towards profitability. 
And so they don't want to have a lot of supplies hanging around. And supply chain management isn't really something they want to focus on. They're very good at growing a great product. So let us focus on supporting your business in areas that we're really good at. And they pretty much nailed it right there. We have inventory, and it's it's really customer-specific inventory, as well as a lot of stock inventory as well. And, and we deliver those products to our customers so they can have just-in-time inventory. It, uh, it guarantees that they don't have a break in their supply chain because cannabis is a living plant. I mean, if you break, I mean, if you, if you break that supply chain, it starts degrading its quality and you lose your profitability. Like a car, if you, if a hood doesn't come in for your supply, you can just stop your production line and then put the hood on when it comes in. Uh, but cannabis will start to uh, deteriorate. So we cannot let that happen for our customers. I would think that from your side, since you are the person who is stocking your warehouse first, and then you are bringing that down the chain to your clients, that you've probably had to learn some lessons with how much of your own inventory to keep as well, somewhere between just in time and, oh my God, we've got to stock up. Yeah, <laughs> that is probably one of the hardest things that we've had to deal with. You know, being able to forecast is extremely difficult this early on. You know, I'm from the aerospace industry where we know that Boeing's going to make, you know, 42737s a month so we can forecast our inventory. But this industry, you know, our customer acquisition rate coupled with the diverse products that they use, we've only had a very short period of time of being able to forecast that. So it's a dynamic challenge that we really focus a lot of our internal efforts on so our customers don't have to worry about that, so that they don't see a gap in their supply chain. I really like the copy on your website that refers to what you do as curating these products. I like that because, you know, you probably save customers a lot of time by you doing the research for them. And I'm sure that they sometimes will tell you, hey, there's this new cool thing that we'd like you to, to start carrying for us. But generally speaking, you're probably turning them on to it since you're spending all of your time uh, researching new goods. How do you go about doing that? How do you go about choosing and curating the products for, you know, this wide range of, of customers? from growers to processors to retailers? That's, that's a very good question because there has been, there's just a plethora of products out there. Uh, so we've taken a different approach. We actually don't look at products directly. The way we do it is we sit back and we look at the industry from a 30,000 foot view and we look at the trends and we look at the direction that the industry is moving towards. And then we focus on products and solutions that are geared towards getting people there as an evolution of the industry if that makes any sense. So we look at the next direction that the, the industry is going into, then we'll focus on something that's going to get people there and we become product knowledge experts on it and then we introduce it to the industry to help their, their business uh, evolutionize with the industry. Are the companies that you normally buy from to provide to your customers, do they pretty aggressively court you? I can imagine that people are sending you samples all the time because you know, if you do your job right, you're essentially becoming a salesperson for them. Correct. Uh, at first, it was very rough. Uh, when we first started out, we didn't, you know, who who are we? Who is Green Thumb Industries? Just another, just another company trying to make a buck off the cannabis industry. And I think that's one thing that we've done really well is we've uh, we've gone after some really large clients uh, or suppliers that have really helped build our reputation in addition to theirs. And now we're seeing we're starting to see that snowball effect of people are calling us a lot more to rep their products versus us contacting others. So the entrepreneurs that you work with that you are providing for, you know, people in the cannabis industry are kind of probably a pretty skeptical sort, I would say. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, it's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and people who are coming to the industry new are generally skeptical because they're, they're jumping into a pool that they're unfamiliar with. Have you had the experience of really having to get over a hump of getting people to trust you that you, you know, maybe not that you necessarily are telling them that you know what's best for them, but that they should really weigh your opinion heavily in figuring out how to set up their supply chain of, for, for their supplies? Absolutely. Um, especially because uh, I'm not from the cannabis industry. So as a kind of a new face coming into this, my business partner, he's from the cannabis industry. He's been in the medical industry quite a while. But me being the architect of putting the business side together, uh, it, it was a challenge. It was a, it was a very difficult challenge because a lot of people in this industry have deep-seated roots with their current suppliers, even though it may be retail suppliers. So what we did was we really sat and listened to the market and we listened to we went to just tons and tons of meetings in Washington out of Washington other areas and listened to the issues and concerns that our potential clients had and we became product experts and chased those uh, suppliers uh, for it and one being packaging and one being traceability I mean those are fairly new to these growers so we became product experts in them and then we just provided them with information so we provided them with information to help their businesses ease into that transition What's most important is uh, cultivating that that relationship with the client. And then it's nice if a sale comes afterwards. I would think that since the industry is so new and your particular business model is, you know, it's pretty complex, um, that you, you probably don't have a lot of competitors right away. I mean, you'll eventually have them, but you probably have a pretty open playing field right now, don't you? Yes. Uh, it, that's, that's the nice part is that you know, a lot of the companies that are coming in are very specific in one area, and and we've had the luxury of forging really, really good relationships with with the the leaders in each kind of vertical, and then we're the conglomerate that glues them together and becomes the product experts. Now, absolutely right, there will be competitors, and what we've tried to do to help uh, mitigate that is really just strengthen our relationships with the top suppliers in each one of our product lines or verticals that we're in to help uh, grow our business at least as fast as we can before competition comes. I was just thinking about how interesting your margins must be because, uh, you know, if if your customers are used to purchasing from the manufacturers and you are providing the service in the middle – it's got to keep your margins pretty thin, and so you're probably having more success with volume than hitting a home run on every sale. Well, that's actually a two-part question. Uh, so I'll answer the second part of that statement first. Is that um, yes, we do not, we don't, we don't run off of typical retail margins. I mean, the retail margins in in, in most stores are about fifty percent, and then they give them a discount based off of that. Uh, you know, we're taking a real wholesale approach. I mean, we provide our customers with pricings of the product lines that we've developed at wholesale pricing because that's what they deserve as a business at, at the volumes that they're purchasing. So that part kind of drives the margin thing. Uh, the other one from the manufacturer side, as as I mentioned, you know, we we as a distributor. We focus on forging relationships with manufacturers and providers that do not go direct. Biotrack doesn't do the hardware stuff that we do. Exit packaging, they don't sell direct. They only sell through distributors. So that really, that relationship bond that we have is, is strengthened by that to where they know that we can deploy to the market and they can focus on what they really want to do, which is make a great product. Well, that's great, Ellen. Well, we're going to take a short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. 
Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis business plans for owners just like you to ensure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarterInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose, and our guest this week is Alen Wynn of Green Thumb Industries. So, Alen, before the break, we were talking about how the very nature of your business model is new to cannabis. And I've been watching your company since the very beginning as your business model evolved and changed as well. Can you talk a little bit about what your initial idea was for the business model and as the the medical market became the I-502 recreational market and as those companies' business models changed, how you had to adapt alongside? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it was horrible. Uh, what we what we are as a company <laughs> now is literally nothing to where we're at today. Uh, I mean, we've done a whole 180. Our name has changed, and we we've learned so much from along the way. So our original take was this: we were going to be the supply chain management of the industry. We saw a gap that you know these commercial businesses went from a, a small home grow to a large warehouse, and there was going to be a huge supply chain management gap. So we were like, oh, ding, genius! Let's take this napkin note and turn it into something awesome. And what we did was we had these uh, supply cabinets and we put these supply cabinets out in these commercial warehouses for these grows. And we had a, we had an app. We thought we were so cool. We had all this stuff and the growers, we'd, we'd stock our inventory with all the grow supplies in these cabinets that were on site. And the growers would go and scan a barcode that were, was in, was in the cabinet. And as they scanned the barcode, they would take the product out. 
And we would just sit back in our little offices and uh, basically monitor their inventory and we'd go out and deliver and replenish their cabinets once a month and we would charge them for what they use. And it was just an awesome idea in, in terms of ideology and, and a business plan. It was just, it was great for us. But it actually sounds a little bit like a, it sounds a little bit like a hotel mini bar. <laughs> that's exactly what it, I, that's when every time I explain it to people, they're like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, with one layer of technology I'd added to it, which is we can monitor it immediately. So yeah, conceptually it was awesome. You know, there's a company that does that now. They've almost, oh, Fastenal, they've kind of built their model around that. But execution just, it was just horrible. It just fell on its face so bad. And the reason was that we had, we had so much risk an inventory that was at the customer site. And I hate to say it, I, as much as I, I love our customers, there's there's a lot of customers that aren't necessarily uh, have the highest morals and, and uh, are truthful about things. So product was getting stolen. People would change products. We get stuck with inventory. And so I said, this is crazy. I, I said, we, we can't do this anymore. And and so, and that was at the end of last year. And what we and how we transitioned is we stopped at the very beginning of this year. We said, all right, we can't do this anymore. Let's bring all these cabinets back, which I have a warehouse full of cabinets right now. Uh, I put one in everybody's office so they can just stuff their crap in there. But what we decided was, all right, let's focus on something that nobody else can do. And we can do much better than everybody else. And, and the gripes and the issues, I kind of mentioned this earlier. And then we chased BioTrack. So we got the BioTrack contract and we got uh, the exit contract for packaging. And I still have two more lines to develop. But ever since we've kind of pivoted, ourselves, it's been so much better. The way we've built our business to become the a main distributor of these leading brands, <laughs> it's it's not necessarily a bad thing that we've changed um, from where we were to, to where we're at today. I liked the idea of them having a supply closet and scanning it so that you were getting real-time information on what was there on their inventory so that you could provide it. Are, are your clients still scanning items, uh, but you're just delivering them? Or did have you kind of set the scanning thing aside and now they're sending you what what we think of more of as a typical order. Yeah. Uh, well, we've replaced the scanning thing. We've, we've taken back all of our cabinets. The system works great if it's properly used by both sides. So what we've done is we've replaced the cabinet thing. We just didn't abandon the whole idea of supply chain management through technology. So we just didn't leave our customers out in the cold. What we did was we replaced that cabinet program with uh, something that's a little bit more advanced and similar. We've created a business-to-business portal. So this purchasing portal uh, has a private login. And, and our goal and our vision is like to have every cultivator, every dispenser, Every retailer have this link saved on their desktop and they can click on there. It opens up our page. They log in and it basically has all of their all of their inventory available. They can purchase directly from there, purchase all their supplies and it goes out the door and it's more like an Amazon type uh, because I, I learned one thing I, I from aerospace. I was a business to business guy at heart. I mean, that's just what I knew and what I what I what I did. And when I came over here, I was like, okay, we're doing the business to business thing. This is a no brainer for me. However, everybody that owns a business in the cannabis, or I'm sorry, not everybody, the majority of people that own a business, cannabis business now have never o- owned a business in their life. So their purchasing is not a business type of purchasing. It's a consumer-based purchasing mindset. Mm. And I fell on my face hard when I approached it that way. So then what we, this business-to-business portal provides these people with all the business tools that they need, but yet with a very Amazon consumer type feel. So we've, we've kind of fixed that. You know, I was thinking about it, and you probably changes your vocabulary too in how you speak to them because you may be finding yourself using more B to C vocabulary than B to B vocabulary, just so that you're providing warm customer service. 
Oh, yeah. My undergrad is in electrical engineering, so I'm kind of a nerd, and I have a master's in business, and all I did was talk to engineers in the aerospace world, and we did stuff sales that way. I have to say, talking to this demographic, it's a lot cooler because we can kind of be ourselves and don't have to really worry about any kind of moral recourse. <laughs> I, still don't, I still don't talk about religion, and I still don't talk about uh, uh, politics. Good. Well, those are probably good choices. You know, one of the things in your answers that I think is good to point out is that, you know, the the business model you thought you were going with is not the one that you ended up with, and that's happening a lot in cannabis. Is that you know people are getting in, but they have to remain, remain flexible, and that is a secret to success. I'd also think that getting the biotrack contract was very helpful, since every cannabis business in Washington, at least, has got to have a biotrack machine. You kind of like ah, you bring them in for the biotrack, and then you send them something else. I think that's probably a really great thing to help bring those uh, customers originally to you. Yeah, you got it. That was exactly why we chased it. <laughs> right on. So <laughs> let's talk, you mentioned changing the company name. Let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, we all put a lot of emphasis into the importance of building a quality brand and there you were a couple steps into it and then you changed it. What's the story behind that? So when we started, again, I'm not from this industry, so when I came up with the name, we wanted to emphasize two things. We wanted to show, A, that we're industry-related, and B, that it shows exactly what we do. And when we started this, the company was called Green Thumb Logistics and Services. Now, foolish me, and I actually, I wish I changed it, but being a guy from outside the industry, I thought being Green Thumb was pretty original, but it's actually quite horrible. I mean, everything everything <laughs> in this industry either has green or thumb or some play on words that's related to cannabis in it. So uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily building a brand uh, around that because there's, there's a ton out there. So if I was to do things, and I changed it, I changed it to Green Thumb industries and industries is more generalized as in uh, we're a distributor so we're more general uh, if I had to go think you're right if I had to go back I would probably would have not called us green thumb industries um, but it's kind of we've built it around that it's been a long time now so if anybody's out there listening put some serious serious thought into what kind of brand you're gonna be building around there because as a guy that was coming from the outside of the industry I had no idea what I was doing and uh, I, I that's what I picked well, one thing I can give you credit for is after you changed the name, your logo and the website and it all it all got this huge new polish to it. So whoever you had doing your your graphic design, they really made the transition seem elegant. It seemed like you, you know, you you moved up a level. Well, I'm glad it appeared elegant from the exterior because it was a nightmare because in, in, <laughs> the website is tied to our ERP and it's tied to our inventory. It was it was a huge I mean, it's software, so everything takes twice as long and costs twice as much. Right on. Well, hey, we need to take another short break. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Dr. Dad? 
Cover, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shangolos, and our guest this week is Alen Nguyen of Green Thumb Industries. So before the break, we were talking about your uh, supply chain and, and how quickly and effectively you can get the supplies from your warehouse just in time to your growers, processors, and retailers. I would think that they really save a lot of time only having one supplier to deal with as well. I mean, historically, we need to go to you know one company for this and another company for something else, but you're, you're, you're more of a you know, warehousing approach uh, causes them to have to do less running around town and less paperwork. Are you finding the feedback that you're getting from folks is that they appreciate that time savings? Absolutely. You know, one of our mottos is focus on what you guys do really well, which is grow and sell awesome cannabis. Let us take care of the rest. Let us take care of operations. So having one supplier they can go to, get wholesale pricing, get all their products. I mean, if you place an order with us by 12, uh, it ships out that same day. So, I mean, you're you're talking get products the next day if you're local. Uh, if you're, you know, in another state, it takes a day or two. But it's that fast because we're, we're getting that efficient with our operations. We really take the Amazon approach coupled with the distributor approach to this. I would also think that, you know, for most of your clients who, I mean, I guess everybody in this business is a startup entrepreneur right now, you know, we never have enough time for anything. And so any amount of time savings is, is a real win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, these people are, are startups just like we are. And, and I know how busy it is because we're in a startup ourselves. So to have the luxury of uh, a product knowledge expert in areas that you know would take you a lot of research to develop, uh, we can come out there and basically address any questions you may have and then support you at right after that. And it's just it's a huge value to these people. You know, another big convenience that you have in your business that your customers don't necessarily have is that you're not ex extensively regulated by the state. I mean, people uh, pitch me business models all the time and they want me to discuss them with them. And, and so often they are jumping into something that is a, uh, requires a cannabis license. And so you have to get micromanaged by the state. You, on the other hand, are working a business that while you interact with the state, you pretty much have a free hand because, you know, selling trimming supplies and things like that is not regulated. What has your experience been with riding that edge between not having to deal with the extensive regulation, but because you've got the Biotrack contract and want to provide good feedback to your customers, you actually still have to work with the state? 
Correct. Uh, so we we don't deal with, uh, I would say, nowhere near the kind of complexity and difficulty that a lot of our clients deal with. We can bring money in from uh, anywhere we want. We can basically operate our business without being heavily regulated. We just have to follow state and federal laws and be morally uh, conscious about what we do. So when we got into this, you know, my whole thing was I was looking at this to scale. Everything I did was I want to scale. I want to I want to make it huge. I, like everybody in the cannabis industry, I want to take over the world. But uh, we have to do it methodically. And having those kind of guidelines and those restrictions makes it extremely difficult to get any kind of investment. Uh, and, and it makes it difficult to have operations in multi-state. For example, you know, a grower here could have their farm here, their sales here, and if they wanted to expand to Oregon, they would have to do the same thing down there and you'd have redundant operations. Whereas with us, we can have centralized hub and spoke models to where we have centralized operations in one area and then we have these spokes of distribution networks that we can scale out. So we're extremely efficient. And so the scalability is huge. And then also the investment stuff, we're just now looking and courting investors for uh, our expansion, which is kind of unfortunate that our clients for the most part can't do it. And we don't really have to deal with the state with that at all. So that's kind of nice. So as you do reach out to more folks and start doing more interstate branding, are you finding that you know, you know, there are the states that are already legal and normalized. And so it would make sense that you'd have customers there. But are you finding, you know, occasionally a customer will pop up in an unexpected state and you're like, well, I don't know if they're doing medical or if they're doing something great, but they sure are ordering a lot of nutrients. We only work with businesses, so um, we uh, we our, our filter is this: is that um, we don't sell to the public, and we only sell to businesses. If you have a business license, it's fairly easy to kind of just do some basic research on the business. Um, and if there's anything that's sketchy, we have you know our moral bounds about what we're doing. But uh, it's also uh, federally illegal for us to ship or sell anything to a state that doesn't have legal cannabis there. So we try to be very cognizant of what we're doing in case of any recourse, as well as you know our moral bounds. Yeah, right on. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, we've got mostly actually entrepreneurs who are in our listening audience and you've dropped a couple, you know, good lessons that you've learned along the way. So let's say that you were talking specifically to these entrepreneurs and they're, and they're thinking about putting together a B2B business. What is a piece of advice or two that you can offer that you've learned yourself that, that you would like to share with them? Focus on relationships, relationships, relationships. And that's with your business partner, that's with your suppliers, your partnerships, others outside of your network. I mean, do not be constrained in your network at all. Uh, Reach out, travel, and network like crazy. Washington is the most unique state in the way we operate. And I built our business around it. And I am so glad that we started doing business. And I go to California every other month. I travel to Vegas. I I work with a lot of people outside of it. And it's just so eye-opening about how the rest of the industry works. It's nothing like Washington. And I would have never known that. So really cultivating those relationships, expanding your network, just getting a holistic understanding of the industry. And if there's anything that I can just push through is as the founding members of your startup company, make sure you have at least one business person and one operations person. Because when it's just you two or you three or you four or whatever it may be and you guys are working you know, 15, 20 hours a day and it's just you doing that, it's going to make things so much easier. That's really solid advice. And that's also all the time we have for today. So thanks for chatting with us, Alain. It's been a really pleasure. Thanks, Shango. Thanks for having me on. You can find out more about Alen Wynn and Green Thumb Industries on their website, greenthumbind.com. 
You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. We're also thrilled to announce that you can now find the show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing the Gontrepreneur podcast to 60 million mobile devices. Do you have a company that wants to reach our national audience of cannabis enthusiasts? Email grow at gontrepreneur.com to find out how. Thanks to Brasco, as always, for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Los. expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.